0: Well, we did actually adopt a couple of other provisions that are very helpful in ensuring that the rental restrictions are being followed. If an owner becomes delinquent in their payment of assessments while they're leasing out their unit, the association can do an assignment of rents and have the tenant begin paying their rent directly to the association. So that's a great tool to have in your toolbox.
1: Most people are not equipped to understand the seemingly endless facets of an HOA. That's why we're here, to help you become uncommonly prepared to serve your HOA. Whether you're a board member or a manager, join us in the uncommon area. to the uncommon area. I'm Matthew Holbrook. And this episode is all about rental units in homeowners associations. And joining me for this episode is the general manager for Cove Community Association in Marina Del Rey, Jennifer Antonelli. And Jennifer, thanks for being part of this. Um, I guess we're just going to get right into it. And, um, if we're talking about rental units, um, What are some of the things that, um, just from the very beginning stages, that uh, an association can expect of an owner who wants to rent their units? Um, If if, if there's a homeowner and they say, you know, I want to rent my unit to somebody, very, very beginning, what can association expect or require of a homeowner when they begin that process?
0: Well, at Cove, we established some very comprehensive rental rules to sort of set the expectations for what an owner and what the association can expect in regards to leases. Uh, We did that because we realized early on that if an owner doesn't understand what our requirements are, um, it can create some confusion. So um, several years ago, we established some guidelines such as setting some minimum lease terms and requirements for screening tenants to ensure that... um, we have harmony within our community.
1: Yeah. So um, first, uh, as far as those, those uh, you call them rental rules, guidelines, or what are they What are they actually called?
0: Technically, they're rules and regulations. Okay. So we worked with the association's uh, legal counsel to draft and then adopt those rules. And so
1: they have to go through the same process of review, 30-day review by uh, the membership, and then the board can uh, approve them. Is that yes. correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. We sent them out for the you in comment period. Okay.
1: And then is there um, any regular distribution of those rules? Um,
0: the rules are available through our resident portal, so the homeowners um, can download them anytime, and then we provide them. Whenever a new resident moves in, we go over the rules and set up an orientation to review them with the resident.
1: Okay. So let's come back to that orientation here in just a minute. But um, from the very beginning, um, so they have, you have the rules and regulations, the, the, the um, homeowners know what's expected of them. Um, they go and they, um, uh, they want to list a unit to be rented. Um, is there any coordination or any communication that is required to, to happen at, at Cove with, with management on that?
0: Yes, we ask the owners to notify us whenever they list a unit for sale or for lease. That way we're aware of it and we have their agent's contact information and we can make sure that they're coordinating appointments and not hosting open houses. Um, it also keeps us informed. Um, the agent will let us know when they do lease the unit and provide us with a copy of the lease so that we can update our records in our SNAP HOA um, management app and um schedule that orientation with the new resident.
1: So you require them to provide you with a copy of the of the lease?
0: Yes, we require a copy of the lease and we actually created an addendum to go um, in addition to the lease that both the owner and the tenant sign.
1: Okay, so um, with the lease, are there certain terms that the association actually requires of the owner to, ha- to include in the lease?
0: Yes, so um, prior to uh, a- Assembly Bill 3182, uh, we used to require a one-year minimum lease term, but when the civil code changed, we actually had to amend our rules to reduce that term to 30 days. So now the minimum lease term is 30 days.
1: And that's a legally required limit. You can't go um, I- any um, any higher than that.
0: Yeah, the association can't require longer terms. However, I have found a lot of homeowners are still requiring one-year leases because they don't want to deal with a turnover. Right,
1: right. But, so that would be a prerogative. A, a homeowner could require a 10-year lease if yeah, they want to. Yeah, <laughs> if they day, want to. Right? Yeah. But the association has to allow leases as short as 30 days.
0: Yes, we can enforce longer term.
1: Okay. So we'll, we'll come back to uh, talking a little bit about those shorter term rentals in a minute, but, um, so the the association requires a copy of the lease. Um, as far as the owners and how they are screening potential tenants, does the association have any input or, uh, guidance to owners and how they screen the, the potential tenants?
0: Yes. So we do outline in both our rules and the lease addendum, certain requirements such as the person can't have a felony. They need to make adequate income in order to cover the rent, um, and provide a copy of a government issued ID.
1: So all of those things, the owner is requiring of the, of the potential renter. Um, but the association can require the owner to do that.
0: Yes, we can.
1: Okay. Um, and then, um, once the, the unit is leased, we talked about this, um, then you want to set up a meeting with the, um, the, the renter. Um, what does that meeting look like? And what what do you and your team do when there's a new renter in the building?
0: Well, some some renters are coming from a single family home situation. Others are coming from out of town. So it's a great opportunity for us to welcome them to the community. We like to give them a tour, show them all of our services and amenities. But it's also a great time to just explain some of the frequently- Um, violated rules. Um, If you've lived in a single family home, you may not be aware of some of the restrictions that are in place in a high rise. And they're in place just so that neighbors can get along and not disturb one another. So we just go over some of those rules and answer any questions that they may have. There's also some logistics in moving into a high rise, they have to reserve the freight elevator, there's certain considerations for protecting the hallways. So we just go over all those details to ensure that there's a very smooth transition into their new home.
1: So can um, can the association require that an owner require their renter to to attend one of these meetings with you?
0: Yeah, we we, we like, do require it, but like in
1: other words, like <laughs> if if the, if the renter never comes, do you have any any mechanism to kind of say, no, we, we need to have this meeting.
0: Um, we haven't really had a lot of pushback because I okay. think people are genuinely interested and That's again, good. it's a, it's a good experience for them. They get to see our pool, our fitness center. We have an amazing coffee bar in the lobby. So we explain everything that they are going to be coming home to each day.
1: Yeah, that's great. So then on these short-term rentals, I know that's kind of where the the challenge is. Um, So there can be rentals um, as short as 30 days. Um, Some homeowners want to do, you know, the Airbnb thing or um, whatever it might be for like vacation rentals, maybe for a weekend or a week at a time. And um, obviously... The association can, and in your case does, restrict owners from doing that. But still some some owners are going to try to do that. So how does the association kind of navigate those waters?
0: Well, our rules are pretty specific. I mean, we do say absolutely no vacation rentals, no subletting. Um, we're a nice um, boutique uh, close-knit community, so we notice right away if there's someone new in the building. Um, We also regularly screen popular vacation rental sites like Airbnb and Verbo to see if anyone happens to have a listing in the building, and that way we can reach out to the owner and explain the rules and try to prevent short-term rentals like that from happening.
1: And if it does happen, if it kind of slips through and that happens, then what does the association do?
0: We actually have um, a procedure in place where we invite the owner to a hearing and we can impose some pretty hefty fines. Normally, our fine schedule is only $250 for a first offense fine. But when we realize that some of these owners are making thousands of dollars more per month by offering furnished units as vacation rentals, the board adopted a very specific fine policy just for rental rule violation. So a first offense fine for a vacation rental could be $2,500. Yeah. Second offense, $5,000. So it really would cut into the profit margin.
1: Yeah, they, you, you have to put a hefty enough fine on that so that they can't just factor that cost into... The, the cost of doing business to, to rent the unit and, and uh, make it not worth it a while um, and the reason why an association would want to restrict those kinds of rentals um, why, why is that why is that important at Cove or why would an association care and say yeah we would prefer not to have those kinds of rentals
0: we found that people that are on vacation, have a different temperament than those who want to stay in a building long term. Um, They're not really interested in being part of the community, getting to know the neighbors, understanding the rules. They're just there for a few days to have a good time, hang out by the pool, maybe drink a little too much, be a little too loud. So um, we just want everyone to get along in the community and have it be a nice place to live for everyone.
1: Yeah, when we're on vacation, and I say we as like human beings, you you're there to have a good time, and when you're having a good time, you're probably a little bit more disruptive to the people around you, which is um, maybe okay time to time in a community where you live. But if a particular unit is being rented out all the time, and everybody in that unit's always there to have a good time, then there's no um, there's no respite from uh, um, from that environment if for a particular unit, and that can be kind of difficult to live around if you're one of the the neighbors to a to a unit like that, so so you do restrict that um, that type of activity. You have a fine schedule in place to address and to discourage that type of activity. Um, so when you do have a unit that's leased out and you have a long term, thirty days or more, in their um, rental and they're abiding by the rules, um, you have the amenities that are available to be used. The amenities I would imagine could be used. Um, by the, the renter, the owner who may not live there and they're renting out the unit may feel like they could come back and use the gym or use any of the amenities. How do you kind of sort that all out between renters and owners and who gets to use the amenities?
0: That was something that we did address when we adopted our rental restrictions is we made it clear that if an owner has leased out their unit, that they give up their rights to using the common area amenities. So the tenant assumes those rights and they're able to rent out our guest suite, um, use the pool, the fitness center, and the owner can't use that um, while the unit's being rented out. Of course, they can come on the property and inspect the unit and do what they need to do to manage it, but um, they can't come and hang out of the pool while their tenant's living there.
1: So anything else, Jennifer, that board members or managers should be aware of when it comes to this topic of rental units and associations?
0: Well, we did actually adopt a couple of other provisions that are very helpful in ensuring that the rental restrictions are being followed. Um, One is the ability to suspend the amenities for the unit. So let's say something egregious happened, the board could call the unit owner to a hearing and suspend the tenant's use of the amenities. So that's very effective for when fines don't get someone's attention. Um, So if we did have a repeat violation situation where a unit was being rented out repeatedly for vacation rentals and disturbing the neighbors and creating a nuisance, the board could suspend the amenities. So that's one thing to consider. Another is if an owner becomes delinquent in their payment of assessments while they're leasing out their unit, the association can do an assignment of rents. So part of the addendum that the tenants sign, um, they accept the fact that, If the owner becomes delinquent, again, the board can call the owner to a hearing and have the tenant begin paying their rent directly to the association. So that's a great uh, tool to have in your toolbox.
1: Yeah, I would bet that a lot of board members are not aware of that. Um, So that would definitely be something that would be worth uh, discussing with legal counsel. And I'm sure that you would uh, advocate that a a board should meet with their legal counsel, talk about all of these uh, options and guidelines and and draft really good rules and regulations. Um, with respect to rental units, so
0: definitely.
1: Well, Jennifer, I really appreciate your time and and uh, your input and expertise on this topic, and I hope that this was helpful to anyone watching this episode. And I would encourage you to look for other episodes of the Uncommon Area where we address all kinds of topics related to homeowners associations.